0: You're listening to E Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. A quick thank you to Printful for supporting the show. Fulfill products on demand without unsold inventory risks and leave hassles like storage and shipping behind. Printful prints custom products on demand for online businesses and sends each order to your customers without you having to worry about the logistics. Their fulfillment centers are located all over the world, so your products can be shipped to wherever your customers are. Printful's been trusted to deliver 36 million items, with over a million items now being fulfilled and shipped each month. Printful integrates seamlessly with popular e-commerce platforms and marketplaces, and their reliable quality and customer service will help you maintain an exceptional reputation being a valuable partner at Printful.com Founders start for so many different reasons. For some, it's to achieve financial freedom. For others, it's to take over the world. And for some, they're just passionate about a specific mission, so passionate that it compels them to start a company. My guest today is mission-driven through and through. I'm excited to be here with Dylan Bannegas today. He's the co-founder of the Wander Heart Project, an apparel brand that's all about unplugging. Wander Heart is about getting off technology, which I know I need, and getting away from the screen, living life to its fullest, but also giving back to families of children born with congenital heart defects. And of course, they do that by selling great, comfy clothes. So, Dylan, welcome to e commerce marketing school.
1: Thanks, Ben. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, let's start with Wander Heart.
0: You know, tell us about it. How did you start the brand? What's it all about?
1: Yeah. So, I started Wander Heart with a professor of mine from college. I was taking my internship at Central Michigan University and I was an athlete. So, I was on the track team. I threw discus and hammer, and I was there for five years to get my fifth season in so my senior year very much was uh, internship driven and my supervisor just happened to be a really good mentor and professor of mine and we started thinking of ways to make a difference more than than what we currently were so i had seen through many of the youth camps that i had been part of that kids are very much glued to their phones and particularly the camp that i had worked at we took the kids' phones away from them at camp. So what I noticed was kids being glued to their phones. And as soon as we take their phones away, they just have this a completely different mindset. You know, like, there's no racial barriers. There's no male and female barriers. There's high schoolers hitting on girls the right way. And, like... You know, just like the things that we grew up doing, that that never happened anymore. So I knew something had to be changed in that aspect. And for Jordan, my business partner, he's been a professor for 12 years now. And he'd noticed when he started that kids on the first day of school were were interacting with each other and having fun and, and getting to know each other. And now everyone's silent on the first day of school because they just hide in their cell phones. So interesting. That was obviously the problem that we saw. And the only thing we really had an idea of doing was making a clothing brand that spoke to people like that and tried to encourage people to get off of their cell phones a little bit without being harsh about it. Yeah. So we have always said encouraging people to use technology responsibly instead of telling you you need to throw your phone out and it's not useful because it very much is.
0: I love that. I mean, we have, so we have a five-year-old daughter at home and (laughs) no cell phone. And my wife and I, like the two of us are starting to have that conversation privately around like, Hey, like, can we delay this? Can we delay this? Like it's such a, you know, we could talk for an hour about all this stuff. I totally see what you're saying. And I think, you know, these little like gentle reminders through the brand, I think what you're doing is awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. But anyway, so we started with Kickstarter so that we knew people wanted this and it was a desire of people and they knew it was an issue. And definitely was. We hit our goal in 2 weeks and used that money for our first round of inventory and <laughs> we very much bootstrapped it and went from you know like a $4,000 inventory to $8,000 and then doubled that to 16,000 and we were going to farmers markets and college expos and high school holiday shows and selling in person completely and then we got to covid and all of the expos and shows were all shut down and we were online but we weren't you know like a a game changer online or anything like that we had always wondered how people got to that point so we we obviously dug into that and started trying to scale our business online versus having to you know spend 35 hours at a high school and make $5,000 $5,000 on a really good day and versus doing that in a couple of days without, you know, like I could walk my dog and make money. <laughs> Which <is> yeah, awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: that's the dream, right? To be able yeah. to get your products out into the world, but to do it from, uh, in your case, your basement in your house, as opposed to traveling around. That's awesome. And so, you know, where where are you today, like in terms of the products that you offer and, and as a business?
1: Yeah, so. We went from outsourcing our products as far as using outside companies as our manufacturers. And obviously there's you're going to take a marginal hit with that. But when you don't have the bandwidth and you don't have the personnel to manufacture your own clothing, that's basically your own option or your only option. And we did that for about a year and a half and utilized Facebook ads and privy to grow our business, to get the email subscribers, to get the sales we needed to know that if we were to bring it in house, we'd be able to sustain it. And now, as of March of this year, so 2021, March of t- 2021, we started our own manufacturing facility uh, in my basement, wow. which is just a big unfinished basement. And we're, we're just getting a bunch of blank t-shirts and pressing them with all of our designs. And then hang tagging them and hem tagging them, size tagging and all that. And then we get to see all the quality control. We get to do all the customer service. And because we get to see the quality control, we have very much less. We have very near customer service, which is awesome. Like last year, I think I was waking up to 30 customer service emails. And now we're we're waking up to three.
0: Wow. (laughs) Usually they're
1: just like, hey, we, we got the wrong size. We need to exchange. It's never an issue with the product, which is super rewarding for us.
0: That's amazing. So it sounds like that transition has has gone well, uh, which is awesome to hear and better for the bottom line too, right?
1: Yeah, it's a process. So we're building right. our inventory wall, um, whereas before it was just all on demand. They buy it one-off items, they print it, and we pay a bunch of money for them to do it. Now we, we use all of our profits to build our inventory wall. And then when we get the inventory wall to where we want, that's when we'll actually start seeing a lot more of the profits. But we're obviously still in that growing phase. And then as soon as we hit where we wanted to be, we realized that we wanted to triple that for Black Friday and Christmas because uh, all of the the issues on California's coast and things like that. So we're just trying to play it safe and and bulk up on things. Cause we know we're gonna sell them. It's just a matter of when, so. yeah.
0: I think that's really smart. So I I actually want to dive into Black Friday because I think it's an interesting conversation. We were chatting a little bit before, but before we do that, I think it's important to understand there's actually another kind of like donation oriented component to the brand, right? Can you fill us in on that?
1: Yeah. So we donate $1 from every one of our sales to families who has a child that was born with a congenital heart defect. And The reason behind that is because Jordan, as I was mentioning before, uh, him and his wife had a child that passed away from a congenital heart defect. That was here in Michigan. And so they went to Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, which is one of the best in the country. And they have a Ronald McDonald house there. And what they noticed when they were there, because with congenital heart defects, the child typically is born. And then there's a series of open heart surgeries in some cases. And for Sawyer with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, it's a pretty standard to have a series of open heart surgeries. So they were there for a long time and they had two other kids at the time. And when they were there, they noticed all these families that were misplaced from their homes because they had to spend time with their child who is in the hospital. So they're no longer making money for their families because they have to take time off. And there's gas from back and forth from Because it being such a good hospital, people would travel from afar. So they saw this void that needed to be filled. And they started their own small foundation called Sawyer's Light, which donates to these families and gives them gas and food vouchers just to alleviate them while they're in the hospital. So Jordan and I are both people who are very much people who give back and enjoy a social mission and something for a greater purpose. So we were, we were brainstorming different ways on, on how we could give back, and it just kept coming up that we need to do congenital heart defects because CHDs are the leading cause of infant death in the US and the entire world, actually, and barely anyone knows about them. So we were trying to figure out why that was and obviously found out that we need to spread more awareness about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's a huge part of Wander Heart's brand, right? Like, That's yeah, I- half
1: the name. Yeah,
0: it's the name. Um, I was able to kind of very quickly understand that from doing some research on the site and social. Like, is that part of the story, something that you're weaving into your paid ads and your emails as well?
1: Yeah. So we're very much learning. So we're both first time entrepreneurs. So in our mindset, the only thing that makes money is is sales, sales, sales. Yeah. But what we're learning is when people learn about the story, they want to come back and they want to tell people more about it. So we have started to weave that into our email campaigns and our social media ads and our posts and things like that, just so people aren't always getting bombarded with sales because that's really not what we want. We want people to be out and enjoying the outdoors and also when they meet a heart warrior or a heart family, they can point them to us because there really aren't any other companies out there that support CHDs specifically. So it's really cool when we when we hear a heart story from a family, and they just want to be part of it solely for the heart mission. And then they yeah. find out about the the unplugging from technology, and they're like, Oh heck yeah! Like. My family does this, this, and this, and this is how we get away from technology. So we definitely are working on that. It's 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 a work in progress. And we went from all of our emails being about, here's this sale, get it now before it's gone. And we just recently made the plan to, to only do a couple of those a week and then have a story that's with it. And, you know, why we do what we do and the story of Sawyer and just the backstory of congenital heart defects, but also giving people resources on how to unplug and, you know, you can be in the middle of the city and and choose to take a walk down the street without your cell phone and everything's going to be okay.
0: I know. I mean, look, the two of you started this company with an idea on how to do more for the world, right? So I think it wouldn't be right if you weren't including that in that story and the way you give back and encourage kind of uh, a more unplugged life but also support these families. So I think it's it's awesome to hear that you're you're weaving that story into the direct response marketing that you do as well. So let's, you know, we're we it's November, middle of November by the time this goes live, right? We were just catching up on Black Friday. I'd love to just like jump right into it and and chat a little bit. Like maybe we can start by giving us some context like Is Black Friday a huge portion of your sales for the year? Like, do you really view this as, as your Super Bowl?
1: Yes. So to give you a picture of how last year went for us, we had our two best months in November and December. And by best months, it was doubled and tripled comparatively to every other month. Wow. We just noticed that people are more apt to buy the sales are important, but they're also like, there's those people that are just like, oh crap, I forgot, you know, what am I going to do? Oh, here's a cool company. I actually really like this. I heard about them for a while. So now's my time to spend $200 and, yeah. you know, stock up for everyone in the family. So yes, it's it's a huge part of our expectation for sales and our projections for revenue. Again, because we are doing our own manufacturing this year, we're very curious to see how it'll go and how much we'll profit from it versus last year.
0: So maybe walk us through like, what did you do for Black Friday and Cyber Monday last year? Like, did you anchor around a promotion or did you drop a new product? Like what was the approach?
1: Yeah, so we have we have very high quality clothing. People pay $60 for a sweatshirt at full retail price. So we we do have a little bit of margin to play with as far as sales and and we like to give people as good a sales as we can. Yeah. And last year, I utilized Privy very much with our. I don't know what you guys call them, but it's basically a mentor. Um. The person. Oh yeah,
0: our coaches. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah.
1: The coaches. Uh, Simone was our coach, and she was very intentional about how walking us through different plans for Black Friday, different companies that she's working with that you know are related to us and how they can help and. Mm-hmm. Um, we came up with the idea of doing tiered pricing, which is pretty basic, but that was through different research of what was going to be good for us. So uh, we did something along the lines of 10% off at $50, 20% off at 100 and 30% off at 150 And then if you end up spending less than 50 you get free shipping no matter what. And that, I mean, it turned out to be awesome. That had to be done with codes and stuff, um, using discount codes. Um, now that we are... In our own manufacturing and stuff like that, we have a little bit more room to play around. So we've been just doing straight discounts on our website, so people don't have to mess with codes nice. to see if that kind of helps the, the customer experience and not having to go back to an email to check a code. Is
0: is it still going to be tiered? You think, or it'll just be like site wide discount? Here's what it is, and like go for it.
1: That's a great question. I don't know yet, and that's yeah, like, yeah, that's kind fine. of like the research that we need to be doing. I think if we can do that, it would be very smart to do that. I think the tiered pricing is, is building incentive for someone to just spend more money on your website. Was last year
0: the first year that you did the tiered uh, strategy?
1: Yeah. Before we, because we were using different manufacturers and stuff, it, it cost so much to produce the product. We were giving like 20% off and we were only making like 20. Yeah. So it really wasn't worth it. But now we can afford it a little bit more.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, even that as a learning from last year, Hey, the tiered discount strategy worked, but you know, the finagling with coupon codes might've been a little bit of a confusing or not ideal customer experience. Like that's a huge learning to walk out of a black Friday season and to try to execute even the same thing or slight different variation, but like in a more user friendly way, like that's a great outcome. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves to like completely mix it up for Black Friday year after year. But, you know, like you said, if you had a hugely successful year, 2x or 3x in November and December, what a normal month looks like, like, plus this year, you're going to have better margins. It's really just about smoothing out the edges to what didn't go so well within that framework. Like, you don't need to really mix it up or or do a complete 180 if it worked so well last year
1: yeah and i think what i realized is is to do what's affordable for your company you know like you see all these sales from the big guys um, that do clothing and you know they're putting 60 percent off on certain items and things like that but we can't afford that and if people really love your brand they're going to support you I um, mean, if you can give them the best deal that you can possibly get while still making enough money to run your business and hopefully profit, I would suggest doing that.
0: Yeah, it's great. And actually Dylan, like I, I talked to a lot of brand owners like you, I would say 90% of them don't exactly know their plan for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So like, I think probably everyone listening can relate and, and laugh a little bit a couple weeks out. know there are some people that know exactly what they want to do and they're executing and and i talk to people like that too but i i think for anyone listening like you should have confidence listening to dylan because we're a couple weeks out and you know he doesn't look stressed i can see him you can't you're just listening he doesn't look stressed i think he has a, a sense of what what he wants to be doing and still a couple weeks to execute so that's awesome to hear cool Well, this was great. I think a lot of good little nuggets here uh, leading up to Black Friday. Sounds like you're a big proponent of the tiered discount strategy. I like it. And and we'll certainly be watching to see see what you do, Dylan. Good luck this season.
1: Yeah, we'll see if we mix it up this year. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.